This is the Broncos Blitz, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Here's your host, Danny Williams. Back in on a Wednesday edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. I am Danny Williams, Jake Meyerson here to my right. That's your left if you're viewing at home. Um, we have a good one today. We have so much to talk about that uh, I don't know how we're going to squeeze it into one little uh, 25 or 30 minute podcast. Maybe do a couple minutes overtime, or maybe we're just that good, Jake. We'll get it in before the clock. What do you think? Oh, we're the best, so we can definitely squeeze it all in, I think. Quite frankly, nobody, nobody does, does it better. better. It's no slogans, just, just great podcasts. Okay, I'm Danny Williams. Jake Meyer uh, is here as well, and we'll start with yesterday's um, first full padded training camp practice, which might have been the worst practice to date that the team <laughs> had um, with, for one, um, the energy. Um, there was none. There, The crowd, there was none. Those two, There's a little bit of a correlation there where you guys kind of feed off some of the energy of the dozens and dozens that were there. And one of the people <laughs> in the crowd actually had a uh, Justin Fields jersey on. A Bears one? Yeah, a Bears Justin wow. Fields jersey on. It was a kid. Really? That's kind of cool. That, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so yesterday's practice was, um, I guess, that'd be a consensus of a slight edge to Drew Locke. I got Drew Locke. I mean, I'm sorry, to Teddy. A slight edge to Teddy. Barely. Just a little shiver. You know, that's uh, uh, that's checking in what Andrew Mason had to say. That's uh, the, checking in on the D-Max of the world. The, uh, the Zach Seegers and the uh, Dr. Mannings of the world. There's lots of guys who are out there putting the work in, uh, seeing the little things. You know, you got to trust people's opinions if you're not out there. We do our radio show and then the podcast during the entirety of camp. So we've run out there and... Uh, uh, for a second half of practices on a couple occasions, but we got to take the word of guys who we trust. And um, that's kind of uh, a little bit, it's different because we're usually doing the show from training camp, right? They're watching it live. You know, protocols, things are you know, slightly different. The media can't really get close to these guys like they um, pre COVID once, you know, we're able to. And, um, it's tough. All the things that go along with you know doing a show out there when it's loud, it's much easier and it's much nicer to do the show in the studio. But it is kind of cool to be out there, you know, for uh, to to feel it, to see it, to smell that grass. And uh, okay, so also featured during yesterday's practice um, was uh, a drill where they were practicing throwing the ball out of bounds. Hmm. Okay, yeah. Well. What like, do you think about that, Jake? Uh, so to me, who's that? Who's that drill specifically? T- uh, you know, made for? It's definitely not for Teddy, but it could be for Drew Locke and, and Brett Rippon as well, because it, Drew Locke, you know, he has a lot of interceptions. Pat, 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 pat He's got to learn to throw the ball away and not take sacks and not just chuck it downfield and yeah. get interceptions. But also for Brett Rippon, last year in the game against the Jets, uh, he tried to throw a ball out of bounds that, that and it got picked uh, right along the sidelines. Yeah. So it's for Drew Locke, Brett Rippon, wow. obviously with Teddy Bridgewater just, being does, the vet. Does he doesn't crazy? need that. They're wasting training camp reps and touches on something like that. Is that an outside of camp on your own time? Let's stick around and work on this stuff after practice kind of stuff? Or is that something that the whole team kind of needed to be a part that of? That has to be after practice on your own time. It can't be wasting training to camp To be honest, reps. 
Um, I'm not as old as Gil. Uh, I am a, a descendant of Irvin Joe. Um, but in all my years, I had never seen such a thing. I had never seen that before, <laughs> and I had never heard of that before. So, you know, to me, it's one of those, uh, what kind of quarterback are you naturally when you feel the trouble, and are you going to get yourself in any further trouble, pat, pat, pat the ball, try to tuck it and run or make a bad throw in a tough uh, window that's probably closed before you even threw it? Or are you going to naturally have that, uh, I got to roll out, get away, run out of bounds, throw the ball away, throw the ball into the dirt? Um, yeah, it comes with, that stuff's, I don't know. I'd say that's ingrained at this point. You I don't know if we could, there's certain little things you could get better at and work on, but I don't know if. You, you learn know. that at high school, man. I mean, you probably learn that if you're a quarterback, like in middle school. Yeah, man. I mean, that's just basic stuff. So it's a head scratcher there why they were working on that. Uh, and just another questionable move by this coaching staff. Yesterday felt like we went backwards a little bit. Yesterday's like one of the realizations of like who and what this team is. Of course, any training camp, the first few days, it's like spring training. It's like every team believes that. This it could happen for us. I like these additions. This guy's better. Oh, I like the way this guy looks. All the headlines and all the you know the pump up stories and the bios, all that kind of stuff. You know, a week in, we're past all that now. We know the guys. We've seen it. We know who's uh, on the bubble. We know um, everything except for who's going to quarterback this team. I guess. So uh, also though, it's like the Broncos are kind of being exposed a little bit as like, imagine if this was on Hard Knocks. They exposed themselves. Imagine though. if this was on Hard Knocks. Oh, my goodness. Um, they would never hear the end of it. They're never going to hear the end of it from you know guys like us and, and Broncos media. But if it was on well, Hard Knocks, they'd never hear it at, at the, end, the end of it at the national scale. Um, they featured the run game yesterday, the running backs who all kind of look good. Melvin Gordon was looking good. Uh, Javante found a, you know, a whole, couple holes downfield, found his way downfield, and even Mike Boone um, looked good. I mean, he's a guy we don't know who we're, we're learning about a little bit. He's, there's a stigma on this guy. We probably don't like him coming in because he's not Philip Lindsay, and he feels like Philip Lindsay's replacement a little bit. Uh, Broncos country smart enough to know that Javante Williams has a chance to be very special and is different and is on another level of a player than Philip. Uh, no diss to Philip. We love Philip Brown here. Um, but okay, so if there's one thing we could take out of yesterday's practice that could be a positive or for the good was that the running game has a chance to be uh, good, maybe very good, maybe one of the best teams, um, maybe a top seven or eight rushing team in the NFL. Which if they do do that, I think that would translate that. That would mean that there's a balance with the quarterback play and also that you're in games and maybe even winning games, allowing you to run the ball, not have to throw the ball, throw the ball the entire second half because you're down double digit points. So last year with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon, it was different. The emergence of Garrett Bowles, um, the coming out party, so to speak, Glasgow, nicked and dinged. Who else on the offensive line? Dalton Good. Reisner. Cush. Getting his feet wet, Dalton Reisner was a good, but not as good as he was the year before. We right. would say, and, and even with with Lloyd Cushenberry, he he said that uh, he knows that he needs to play better, and he was not surprised when they drafted Quinn Miners. Uh, so he realizes that he needs to up his game and take his game to another level and, and just continue to improve. So that offensive line, there's going to be some competition, which is going to make them a lot better. 
uh, especially. I think they're pretty on talented, the anyways. I think the offensive line's a little bit like uh, bullpen. Like one year your bullpen's going to be lights out, the next year you're just going to kind of struggle, or certain guys will have a good year and a bad. Unless you're like a, a an elite offensive lineman, that's a hard position to be good at consistently and you know win at all the time because uh, so you know if you're good, they're going to come at you. Maybe you're two guys, and um, you know if you struggle, you're really going to be exposed. So to be consistent and great as an offensive line, it's a hard position to be really, really good at every single year, all the time. But um, the way I'm feeling about the three running backs, the way I'm feeling about the offensive line, and the way I'm feeling about Teddy Bridgewater leading those guys, I think that's a recipe for um, a <laughs> two thousand yard backs. No. A productive NFL offense that's out of the basement, the doldrums, and back to respectability. Then the passing game, you know, maybe becomes the complement to the run game. But also a big factor here is the defense supporting all of this, making it happen. And also, uh, you know, and vice versa. The defense can't do it all. Um, you can't not score points and rely on that defense over and over again. Come back out. Oh, we're back out there again. The offense has to have some sus- sustained drives. And just pure production, which, again, it's weird how, I mean, that's maybe the beauty of this league. It's how one group has to complement the other. You can have a world-class offense, but your defense is not going to allow you to win games. You could have a defense like I think ours has been over the last few years, underrated good, but their offense has hung them out to dry. Right. Absolutely. You know, the defense is going to put it all together. And, you know, I wanted to go back to the offensive line and the running game real quick. Uh, the biggest question Couple mark. other guys you liked. Right. The biggest question mark around this team outside of the quarterback position is the right tackle position. Bobby yeah. Massey has come in and he's, he's taking a pro. the starting job. You know, he's, he's, he's a professional. He was great he's with good. the Bears. He's a good player. Uh, he, he's great. Um, but also there's guys like Calvin Anderson who's stepped in and taken that second spot on the death chart over Cameron Fleming at, at the start of you know camp. Cam Fleming was looking good. Yeah. And then Calvin hype, Anderson. A little bit of hype with it. Right. And then Calvin Anderson swooped in and took that second spot. So maybe if Calvin Anderson can gain some momentum, uh, he might even be able to take Bobby Massey's spot. But You want Calvin Anderson to be like your best Fill in rotational, come and do it anything, not skip a beat if our guy gets hurt, has to come out of game or a couple series. But I think you're best if Bobby Massey is starting full fledged. Definitely. Because it's a, you know, he's, he's a proven product. He's a guy who's hungry right now. I think he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I think he's good. You're right. I think he's good. Calvin Anderson, to your point, you know, he's a utility tackle. He can play both right tackle and left, no, ta- left tackle. It's very important to have. I mean, who doesn't have offensive line problems at some point of the season or another? I mean, even we won it uh, Super Bowl 50 in uh, 2015. Uh, Evan Mathis, we brought him in off the street, mm-hmm. paid him six or seven million bucks. He was never that good, never that right. I don't know if he was washed. I don't know if it was the scheme and fit. Um, but he was kind of still important because he was a body. He was a pro. And... I mean, you know, gosh, how everything went right in 2015 to have won that thing. You know, you got to look at it like if you would have changed one little thing or one little piece of that puzzle, it would have all kind of crumbled. But um, all good things. Again, we'll turn up a, a negative from yesterday's camp being so lackluster. And some guys really, really kind of criticizing the energy and the effort out there. Um, to the positive of, well, it was the run game being featured. And if this team is going to have any real success this year, we know the defense is good, but the offense will have to run the ball successfully 
to be a compliment to the defense, to then be able to take those shots down the field and only have to throw the ball 25 times a game to win a game. And any throw past 28 or 29 is probably not in this team's best interest once they're throwing the ball 35 times and running the ball 22 times is probably the games that they lose 35 to 24 or 35 to you know to 27 or maybe even more maybe i hope they're not getting blown out you know anymore I mean, it's like you don't go from – it's very hard to go from – if Aaron Rodgers showed up, maybe it's one thing. But you don't go from doormat to playoffs overnight. You know, even like Washington somehow made the playoffs, you know, in a with seven wins, right? Right. The Barely is like a foundation being laid down for that team. I don't think Washington's going back to the playoffs this year. You know, so it's hard to capitalize on success. If you're not getting – Dan Vrave said it. If you're not getting better – then you're getting worse. You're never staying the same in, in the NFL. So uh, we'll call that like a halftime point, okay? This is the Broncos Blitz Podcast. I am Danny Williams. Jake Meyer is my co-host, and he also produces the product, the sounds, all the uh, flavor that you hear. Uh, that's all Jake. He does all that kind of stuff. It's important that, uh, that you subscribe to this podcast um, anywhere you can find podcasts. Apple, Google Play, Stitcher? Stitcher. Uh, anywhere you could get a podcast, we're anywhere. gonna be on there. Yeah, um, milehighsports.com as well. You can find us there. Mile High Sports is a new app is a thing of beauty. It's beautiful. The podcast right up there on the top of the podcast page, as well as you can uh, listen to podcasted versions of our show. Um, which we do 98.1 FM, milehighsports.com, um, every single day, 9 uh, a.m. to 11 a.m. A lot of ways to get involved, um, you know, with us. We want you to react to the podcast. We want you to tell us um, through rates and reviews what you think. If you like us, if uh, you know, if you think I'm a little cooler than Jake, that's no big deal. You know, I'm a little older than Jake too. I'm a little bit more mature. Jake's still learning. Okay? I mean, if you think that, you're probably a little delusional, well, and you probably again, should listen again. Don't you know? Mental health is a serious thing. Don't take it out on some of our listeners who might be, you know. <laughs> you know um, Lesser, um, you know, uh, uh, who, who? intellectuals. Oh, I don't want to say that. That's wrong. That's wrong. But uh, no, we appreciate you guys uh, being with us. A lot of ways to get involved with the podcast. We come try to have some energy, give you a fresher take than the same take that you hear every single day. That's what this thing is. There's a lot of different, op- you know, stations in this town, radio station, podcast, a lot of blogs, a lot of, you know, mylifesports.com has got a lot of incredible stories. Uh, Denver Post, I think they're still a thing. Um, so, we try to get you know, keep it fresh and sexy, like we say, for the ladies and for our male listeners, which kind of sounds weird when you put it like that. But, um, yeah, so, okay, let's go second half here. We'll do maybe 10 more minutes on what I wanted to talk about, the rest of the AFC West. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do let's, – let's make this easy. We'll go through uh, Chiefs. Uh, will they be better or will they be worse than they were last year? I'm going to say that they're going to be worse than they were last year. In what year. way? Uh, in on the offensive side of the ball, and they have they weren't the same offense last year as they were two years ago. A lot of close right. games. They, never covered the spread. Never. Uh, never covered the spread. I mean, hardly. I think the last time they covered the spread was Week Eight in in the regular season last year, and I think that was against the Jets. Uh, but going back to 
the reconstruction of the offensive line, mm-hmm. you know, uh, losing their left and right tackles. Uh, that's going to be huge. I, yeah, they did replace them, but I don't know if they're going to have the same cohesion uh, as as the squad that they've had for the past few years. Uh, it's going to take some time to get that together. So I think that the, the Chiefs offense is going to slow down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Chiefs worse. I think they win 11 games. Um but they will be worse off. The further you get away from winning that championship, um, it's hard to recapture that magic. Uh, will Patrick Mahomes throw 40 touchdowns? Yeah, I bet you he will. But I think the rest of the pieces, the defense is not the same. Um, the running game is not the same. Um, I don't know how much Travis Kelsey has left. Um, I've seen um, the uh, uh, my guy Cheetah. Um, Tyreek Tyreek Hill, maybe in the package of Dante Hall before. And you're thinking, well, there's no comp. I mean, Dante Hall was incredible of an athlete, more of a special teams player. But also Dante Hall had an incredible like five-year spurt. And then it was kind of it was over with. Who's to say that um, Tyreek Hill is going to have a long, illustrious 10- or 12-year career? Deshaun Watson and Percy Harvey, Harvin didn't. You know, maybe two guys cut from the same cloth or in the mold of a guy like that. So... It's hard to be as great as you once was to recapture all that kind of stuff. And then you get lesser hungry because you're more rich now. Right. The desire, all the uh, all the little things that you did to get that first contract, to make the NFL, to get that D1 scholarship at the major, you know, that major institution. Once you've like reached the mountaintop. Winning a Super Bowl, getting the money. Winning the, the Super money. Bowl, getting that money. Not every guy's motivated the same way and also there's an Andy Reid factor Andy Reid is an all-time great but there's a reason why Andy Reid had you know come short and fallen short on so many other occasions with so many other teams that were the NFL's best team at times that ended up losing in the Super Bowl to New England the one time to NFC championships with McNabb a couple other times not being able to get over the hump with Alex Smith um you know, we always say there's something too with the Chiefs did rolling the dice on themselves, going and getting Patrick Mahomes when Alex Smith was a Pro Bowler perennial, and you just came off a really incredible season, and it seemed like you needed that first round pick to be an offensive lineman or more help, and they go draft Patrick Mahomes. What they did was roll the dice on themselves, and the kind of the rest is history. You have to you know appreciate that a little bit about Kansas City. It's the same we talked about today on the show a little bit, a different topic, but the Kawhi Leonard factor, Toronto. Toronto, knowing that Kawhi Leonard's agent, Kawhi probably told him, you trade for me, I'll come play, but I'm not going to resign here. I'm telling you that right now. And they said, okay, well, let's go do the best we can and uh, try to reach the mountaintop within this year. They did. The rest is kind of history. Uh, same thing with uh, Chris Paul. Um, almost gets them over the mountaintop. Uh, Drew Holiday, they go give up, the Bucks go give up all those assets to do it. Um, there's uh, Reggie White goes to Green Bay and puts him over the hump. Uh, Charles Woodson does the same thing. Uh, look at all the guys through the reinforcements. Uh, Mike Shanahan with the Tony Jones is trading second-round picks for Tony Jones to come solidify uh, an offensive line that was already one of the best in the league that's what it's about going all All in in. going all in and you know you got to give it up to the chiefs for kind of doing that but i think they're worse than they are let's go to the chargers i'm gonna say the chargers are a lot better this year oh that's scary uh the chargers with you know justin herbert going into year two and he's you're gonna see a, a big jump from rookie to sophomore year uh for justin herbert he might slide a little with the with the 
sophomore slump. Yeah. But, you know, I don't see that happening, especially if, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams can stay yeah. healthy. Uh, they dra- they bolstered up th- bolstered up their offensive yeah. line with uh, Rashawn Slater. Uh, defense got better. Uh, I'm adding Asante Samuel Jr. And if Derwin James can just stay healthy, healthy he's very good player, special the- even. Well, here's what I think. I'll give you my answer after I talk through it with you. But while they were building the team around a Tyrod type of quarterback previously, that team is older now less healthy there's no melvin ingram anymore there's guys who were a little bit older um chris harris what's he gonna give you derwin james's bones are made out of pie crust we know that bosa's older now it's not the same but but now they finally have the quarterback to lift them and where they don't need a you know pro bowler in every group position because they know they have to play perfect ball for Tyrod the compliment or whatever Philip Rivers might have left. I'm gonna be a denier on Justin Herbert, but the truth, like I was on Patrick Mahomes. I wanted to lie to myself. Mm-hmm. I lied to the listeners. Oh, this Mahomes guy. I've seen this story before. He's Donovan McNabb in a different package. And until he hoisted that trophy, that was the moment when I was like, I can't do this anymore. He's incredible. He's great. He's maybe an all-time great. I hate it. I'm sad about it. And Patrick Mahomes kind of reminded me of John Elway quite a bit. I'm going to try to hold Justin Herbert down (laughs) as long as I possibly can. Because if he's the truth, which, like, something inside of my body, Jake, wants me to, like, know something that this guy's really good. Really, really good. I don't want to have to deal with these two quarterbacks, maybe two of the four best quarterbacks, three best quarterbacks, young quarterbacks in the league, along with Josh Allen in my own division. I'm very scared of that happening. I also think, though, the Chargers are kind of cursed. I think they're a like a bit. cursed franchise, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they have to have a seance, uh, black magic voodoo, do a binding mm-hmm. where I bind you from all you know injuries and evil you know spells that you would cast upon them. Um, it's weird, man. Um, they got to get out of California. I think they're a 500 team this year. They may be. I think they're a 500 team this year, but Herbert throws 30-plus touchdowns, and they're one of the funnest teams. Okay. I think they're one of the funnest teams in the NFL. I like that. You like that? Okay, what about... The Raiders, Stumbling Grumbling. The Raiders get worse. Uh, the Raiders last year were, you know, they were in the running for a playoff spot at the end. Uh, they were competing with Miami, and they were competing for that final extra playoff spot. Uh, so I don't see them doing that again. Obviously, their first overall pick with Leatherwood, uh, that was that was a, 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 a gaffe. Uh, That's by, what they do. By the Raiders they in, took in their r- draft. Um, rugs. The third in front of Jerry Judy. They've done it a lot of times. They've had, I mean, the draft blunders they've had over the years. I'm with you. I think the Raiders are a five or six win team this year. I think that the game has passed John Gruden by. Mm-hmm. Um, Derek Carr has already given you everything he can. I think he's um, a top 15 or 16 quarterback in the league. But if you're going to have that, you better have some damn freaking special talent, both sides of the ball, incredible running game. They kind of do. Jo- Josh Jacobs is a good player. Jingleheimer Schmidt. Uh, but their defense is whack. Their defense horrible. Is, is horrible. Um, I think their receivers are garbage. Darren Waller is their best player. Waller's their best player. And when you have just a tight end, you could be kind of contained and controlled. And Derek Carr is just not spe- that's uh, good enough to take you um, from competitiveness to playoff team. 
but I respect him. Before um, the injuries, maybe. I'd say it's probably last season for Gruden here. I'd like to see him go back to Monday Night Football, maybe. They can't get that Please. thing right since he left. And, um, okay, so give me records real quick, and then we'll wrap this thing up. Give me your records for each of these AFC West teams. I'm going to say the Chiefs are 12-5. and five. That's pretty good for being worse. Right. Um, the Chargers are going to be 9-8. and eight. Okay. Broncos, 8-9. and nine. Mm-hmm. And the Raiders are going to be, I'm going to say, 6 and 11. Give me 11, six, 11 and 6 Chargers. Give me a 9 and 8 Chiefs who will push the Chargers till the last four or five weeks of the season as a, um, to win the division. Or 9 and 8 Chargers. I'm sorry. 9 and 8 Chargers, 11 and 5 Chiefs. I mix that up? Yeah. Edit that out of the podcast immediately. No, um,. Also, I think that, like I said, five, six wins for, if I had to pick one, I'd go six and 11 for um, the Raiders. And I think the Broncos, again, um, they win nine games with Teddy. They win seven games with Drew. And I think both those quarterbacks play at some point in the season. So mm-hmm. you'll have to, after, I don't know what. Um, those divide and do themselves in the sum minus subtraction when you add uh, when you square it. So um, math, yeah, uh, that's it. So g- good stuff today, Jake. That that was a good uh, episode of the podcast for us. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Broncos Blitz podcast. Again, subscribe to this podcast, uh, review and rate this podcast. This stuff's important for podcasts. I think I'm not sure it's the first real one I've ever done yet. It's it's critically acclaimed and people are loving it. So we are going to continue to do this thing every single day for you guys. Um, check out all the Mile High Sports stuff from the new magazine with Von Miller on the cover to the new app to Jake and I, 98.1 FM, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. A lot of ways to get involved with the show as well as the podcast. We appreciate you guys, and we love you guys. Good night, Sheila. Good night.